Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Woodruff. Uh, you are listening to the Pastors Getting Fit podcast, uh, episode number two. Uh, and we're going to talk with Peter Assad about the Enneagram as it relates to fitness today. Um, three quick things before we do that. Uh, number one, uh, I also run a Pastors Getting Fit Facebook group uh, called the same thing as this podcast. Just search Pastors Getting Fit in the search bar on Facebook. Uh, request to join that if you'd like to be part of like a, a community of pastors that's just kind of there uh, helping one another stay accountable and sharing tips and, and motivate, motivating and things like that. Uh, number two, um, if you like this podcast and think it would be helpful to other pastors, if you would review it wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, whatever app you use, that would be great and share it with somebody that you know, another pastor or two that you know. Um, and number three, I am an online fitness coach. Um, I know that that might sound like a foreign concept to you. Online fitness coaching uh, isn't a fitness coach supposed to be there and like yell and grab my grab my back and stuff like that. But no, um, online fitness coaching is actually really really effective, um, and I do it. So if you think that this is something that could be helpful to you um, as you listen to these podcasts or or whatever the case may be, um, feel free to shoot me a text two five one six three five eight zero five five and i will set up a time for us to chat all right hope you enjoy this episode with peter uh, all right so what's up everybody so uh this is back to the pastors getting fit podcast episode number two uh hopefully with less audio issues than the first time uh and so we've got uh peter aside here so peter is uh, he's actually my pastor, and we're sitting uh, in different rooms of uh, our church building here right now. <laughs> we're going to talk about is uh, is the Enneagram. Uh, so if you already know what that is, that's probably why you're listening to this. If that's not, uh, if you don't know what it is, uh, you're about to probably know way more um, <clears throat> than you care to about it, but it's going to help. So I am very new to the Enneagram. Uh, Peter's actually the one who kind of introduced me to it. Uh, I don't know, like probably a year ago, and I'm, I'm still really fresh to it. So when I try to be the voice of the audience uh, in this episode, I'm really going to be the voice of the audience because I'm asking questions uh, that I legitimately don't know the answers to. So, Peter, uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of introduce yourself and, and share a little bit about who you are first? Sure. Yeah. So I am the uh, husband of Grace Assad, the father of three. My kids are uh, five four and one. And uh, I'm a pastor of the church in Waldo, as you referenced before. Um, uh, and I guess a student of the Enneagram. Um, really, I'm a student of people and a student of God. And as I've uh, kind of tried looking for language to help articulate just kind of the nuance each as individuals bring as we reflect the image of who God is in the world, uh, the Enneagram has provided some really helpful language for me. So that's sort of what started this whole thing, what, five or so years ago. Uh, in that time, I've learned a lot, have been able to apply it in various areas. And so just excited for the conversation today. Yeah, man, me too. Uh, so why don't you, so uh, why, so everybody knows, why don't you just kind of in really, first in really um, just kind of basic terms, share what the Enneagram is. And then uh, if you want, you just go ahead and dive into just kind of a synopsis of the nine types. <laughs> As you said, I mean, Enneagram, uh, it's kind of two different words joined together, Ennea, meaning nine, and gram for graph. So it's a graph of nine points, and the nine uh, numbers represent nine personalities, or uh, they're usually connected to some kind of a fear or some kind of a, an ounce of shame or maybe even a point of anger. And uh, we can go into all of that, but, but in a nutshell, uh, these are nine different ways, nine different normals is the way I've heard it 
nine different normals. And that's worth knowing because in any organization, in any family, in any group, it's just bizarre sometimes how different we are. And usually we operate out of we're normal and everyone else isn't. But what the Enneagram tries to do is to show us actually there are nine normals <laughs> and we all have different things we bring to the table and different strengths and weaknesses that come with that as we try to navigate this difficult you know, life at times. And so uh, with that said, I mean, here's kind of a brief uh, summary of each one uh, of the nine. And, I, you know, I don't usually buy into like the names, like, oh, the ones are this, and the twos are that, but just for yeah. sake of, um, you know, remembering it, I'll, I'll give a couple names that are associated with each of the numbers uh, as well, just to kind of help with that for anyone that's new. But in essence, I mean, uh, oh, and by the way, I'm getting some of these descriptions from, uh, like enneagramcentral.com and enneagraminstitute.com both uh, have a lot of free information on this. So if you want to search more, you can check those out. And I'm just kind of drawing from some of their descriptions of uh, the nine types. So real quick, um, ones search for what's wrong and how to fix it. So when ones are stuck, they are rigid, they're moralistic, they're angry. But when they're free, they're supremely moral compassionate and reliable and their life is about goodness whether it's absence or its presence and some famous ones you might know of are like john calvin or mahatma gandhi they're just they're seeking what's right and um uh, rizzo and hudson talk about the basic fear and the basic desire of the one the basic fear of the one is that they're corrupt and evil and the basic desire then is to be good and to have integrity and so sometimes they'll settle for being right um, instead of being good because you know right thinking right doing right feeling will result ness or righteousness but really we know that only the gospel only christ can can bring that righteousness to us um, yeah. and yet um that's kind of where the one is operating out of so uh that's ones they're called the reformers or the improvers um twos twos are the helpers or the givers uh twos are your quintessential people people <laughs> you know uh when when they're stuck they will manipulate uh, by stuck i mean like they're trapped in their way of thinking they're entranced kind of by the, the 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 lie of the two um when they're stuck they manipulate others by giving in order to meet their own needs so it's actually like a repressing of their own need so that they can meet the needs of others they, they need to be needed and that could be a negative thing as we've seen that happen um, but when they're free they're, they're generous and they have a deep insight into people and they give just from a sense of inner fullness. There's no strings attached for the two when they give in this way. You think of Mother Teresa is a famous example usually, um, or even Martha from the Bible. Um, uh, basic fear is of being unwanted or unworthy of being loved because really their desire is to be loved unconditionally. So what they do is they settle for conditional love. If they want unconditional love, but they can't find it, they settle for conditional love. I will be helpful enough. I will serve enough. I will do enough. And then I will find acceptance into the group. That's kind of their, their strategy, as it were. Threes gotcha. are the performers. Uh, and performance, you know, they're, they're the achievers. Performance here has a double meaning, kind of like to accomplish. That's one. But also they want to accomplish something so others can see them. And so yeah. threes do both. Yeah. <laughs> they, when they're stuck, they lack that inner life. They repress what they feel. They, they just do what the environment expects. But when they're free, they actually rise to excellence from their own resources. And you probably can see like half the CEOs in America are threes. And uh, I would yeah. imagine a number of megachurch pastors probably are threes as well. 
very driven, goal-oriented, success-oriented. Um, and it's because their basic fear is being worthless. They want yeah. to be valuable. They want to, to, um, to have value. And so what happens is they'll oftentimes settle for being admired for their accomplishments. Um, but eventually, as all threes come to find out, it's uh, fours. Fours are the romantics. They're the individualists. Fours, as Clarence Thompson says, they live indoors, indoors within themselves. Um, When they're stuck, they wallow in feelings of depression or melancholy. But when they're free, they are highly creative and they're able to accomplish highly individual feats in the outer world. And you think of Shakespeare, you think of Michael Jackson, Edgar Allan Poe. These are the fours in the world. Um, They, uh, their fear is that they have no identity or significance their biggest fear is being ordinary honestly um but because their desire is to find themselves and to find their significance to to create identity and so sometimes that means they'll settle for being different and marching to the beat of their own drum and how they don't belong and how they aren't part of the group Uh, but really all that is is just kind of an outworking of that inner uniqueness they're looking for uh fives fives are the observer or the uh the um in uh, what's it called investigator um fives live mostly in their heads when they're stuck they don't interact with external reality they choose fantasy or abstract speculation but when they're free you find that they're objective and and cool-headed as they relate in the world you've got einstein you've got bill gates these are your fives and what they fear is being useless or helpless or incapable and what they ultimately is to be capable and competent um, in a self-sufficient kind of a way. So that's kind of their big thing. They have a measured sense of energy and resource, and they want to steward that as best as possible. Um, So they kind of settle for a self-sufficiency, sometimes to the neglect of relationships around them. Uh, Sixes. Sixes are your loyalists or your skeptics. there's kind of a trust distrust at all times with the six uh, sixes assume the world is a dangerous place. And so when they're stuck, they're usually frozen or powerless broken twig. But when they're free from the trance, they actually are courageous, loyal, and excellent problem solvers. So their, their basic fear is being without support and guidance. They, they really look for alliances. They look for, uh, you know, is the place safe? So they're looking for security and support. But sometimes in that search for security, they end up giving up their power as a result, and they kind of will, will give up their own way of thinking because they're lining up with whatever um, the group says is the right kind of thinking. Or you see the opposite. They actually rebel against um, the authority. They rebel against hierarchy and are just totally distrustful. It's really fascinating the way the sixes uh, operate. Um, yeah. Sevens are your enthusiasts. They are your generalists. They are childish. They seek pleasure, entertainment, novelty. Uh, but when they're free, they are childlike. So from childish to childlike, and they love um, spontaneity and energy and optimism. They're very idealistic, and they, they, they want their cake, and they want to eat it too, and they want to make sure that you know how to eat your cake too. <laughs> um, uh, their basic fear, though, is being trapped or in pain. And so their desire to be satisfied and content to have their needs fulfilled. And so what they do is they sometimes settle for quantity, like an overindulgence on things rather than quality. Um, Sevens can have a a pretty addictive uh, personality. Um, 
Uh, eights are powerhouses. They're the boss. They're the challenger. They have a need to be against. Um, so, so when they're stuck, they can be bullies. They, they're loud. They look for revenge on their world, unfair world. But when they're free, um, that enormous energy they possess is harnessed in the service of justice. And you can think of like a Martin Luther King Jr. as a really good example of a healthy eight. Cool. Um, uh, their fear, though, is of being controlled by others or seen as weak and desire is to protect themselves and really to be in control of their own life and their own destiny. Then um, finally, nines. Nines are the peacemaker. Nines, <laughs> they will sometimes sleep to their own desires so that they can be present to the desires of everybody else. So sometimes they get confused for twos in that way. But, but nines yeah. are humble to a fault when they're stuck. They're kind of indifferent, pathetic to their own needs, and they just accommodate everybody else's agenda and just sleep to themselves. But when they're free, they are cooperative and appreciative and claim their own power. A good couple good examples politically, we've got Barack Obama and uh, Ronald Reagan, both uh, a tr- uh, you know, allegedly are nines. So you can see like that peacemaker side um, ends up yeah. sometimes as a world leader, honestly. So anyway, um, their basic fear is of loss and separation and their desire is that inner stability, that tranquility and peace of mind. So that's kind of a nuts and bolts. Here's, here's the time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks man. Um, so like, uh, just so you guys know what we're going to do is at the end of this, we're going to kind of tell you like a way to kind of find your own type. Uh, so you might want to go back later and kind of listen to the second part. We're going to go over here in just a, just a minute. Um, you might want to, come back and listen to it like with yourself in mind. Uh, but what we're going to do now and how this relates to fitness is uh, what I've found, you know, since Peter's kind of introduced me to the Enneagram and I've started kind of studying it a little bit myself is that uh, it helps me a lot, not only, you know, personally, but also kind of as a fitness coach. Um, it's not that I'm telling people, Hey, uh, you're an Enneagram type, you know, type two or whatever, <laughs> as I take them on as a client, but it's more like uh, right now I, I, I'm kind of trying to think, okay, you know, what is, where is this person, you know, and, and what is the, the way that I can best coach them? You know, what, what ways can I motivate them? What ways can I um, help them stay focused? You know, and, and so what kind of workout plan uh, should I, should I create? And it's not that it's completely influenced by it. I mean, there are, you know, there are obvious things that regardless of, of your Enneagram type, you're still a human and biologically we only react, you know, certain ways. So, I mean, <laughs> there, there are some things that obviously aren't going to change, but the way I approach it uh, very well may change based on kind of how, what, what type I think someone may be. So this is kind of, you know, I I can't help. I didn't really plan it, but I I can't help, but kind of let it influence the way I coach a little bit. And so Peter's kind of done that to me. And so now that we're like (laughs) talking through it, what we're going to do here is we're just going to kind of go through the nine types again, now that you have the synopsis of them and just, this time kind of talk about how this might play out fitness wise. So some things that, you know, might be kind of a a pro and and something that you can kind of play to the strength of and some things that may be a hindrance. So uh, yeah, let's go ahead, Peter. And uh, you know, let's just start with the number one and and just kind of talk through them, man. Yeah. Just like you said, we're going to kind of hit like, here's a trouble spot that each type has. Uh, We'll, I guess, go from one. Uh, Do you want to do the trouble spots first and then kind of, or just do all kind of all together maybe is better. Yeah, we can just do them all together. That'll be fine. Cool. Yeah, so kind of a trouble spot for the ones. Um, a hang-up for the one is going to be that they're going to think to themselves, if I can't do it perfectly, then I'm not going to yeah. do it at all, right? Because yeah. they're the performer. They're, they're the reformer, rather. They're the, uh, they got to be 
they, they need to do it the right way. And so if they feel in some way that they themselves, like if there's some hang up in their life that's keeping them from thinking that they can do it, uh, that they can't make it, that's going to be a hang up for them. Um, and then kind of a with the grain and against the grain, right? So, so we got trouble spot, but here's a with the grain. This is like with the grain of a one's person. Um, if you're there, you're trying to coach a one, I would recommend uh, helping them to see like, here, here you go, this regiment or whatever. This is, these are like the rules. These are, this is the law because ones love law. Ones love black mm-hmm. and white. They love right. They love wrong. That's, that's how they think through the world. Right. So if you can help them to see like, Hey, you do this kind of thing the right way, you get this result at the, the right result at the end. That, that kind of is going to go with the grain of the one, but against the grain of the one is ones have to accept the fact that they're going to make mistakes and they're going to mess up and they need to give themselves space to make mistakes. And uh, that kind of goes back to the trouble spot, right? To, to be so stuck on, I can't do this and I can't, I can't do it at all. No, 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 no. Give yourself some space. So ones, if you're listening to give yourself some permission to make a mistake, it's going to be worth it in the end. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so coaching a one, you know, a good strategy could be something along the lines of, or, you know, if you're not, if you're a one, you realize you're a one and you're not, you know, you're not going to hire a coach, but something that you could kind of do with yourself, Peter. So like, if I were coaching a one, I would do something like maybe say, Hey, um, here are the reasons that you need to, let's say, do deadlifts. This is what this is going to do uh, for you. You know, these are kind of the, the concrete goals uh, that, are, that are not going to change. But then when they go in, you know, and it, they can't maybe do it perfectly with their form and I give them some feedback and something to fix, they might struggle a little bit with that. So it's just me as a coach, you know, or, or them kind of telling themselves a good reminder would be what to sort of like stay the course, you know, just, just yeah. know how it needs to look. So we just need to, to get to that. Would you say that? Absolutely. And, you know, ones are, ones have a really strong inner critic constantly criticizing themselves. So any form of criticism coming from the outside is just going to echo the criticism they already feel of themselves. And so one thing that I, I would encourage ones to do is, um, is actually to take videos of themselves. So that's what I mean, what I try to do, take a video of themselves, look at themselves, and then they will actually self-correct because they're already, they, they're, their inner critic is already pretty strong. And especially yeah. as you give them some tools for knowing what is the right way to do the deadlift, what is the wrong way to do it? That's gonna to, um, kind of self-reform through that. Cool, that's awesome, man, thanks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, twos, yeah, so again, so trouble spot, with the grain and then against the grain. So twos, here's the thing. So twos, they're downplaying their own needs. I don't have any needs because I am needed in the lives of others. That's kind of what they do. But what happens as we all realize is you repress your needs long enough and they come out the other side. And what I mean by that is twos, a trouble spot is food becomes a reward. So twos will sometimes give in to um, rewarding themselves with maybe like smoothies or rewarding themselves with like, like, I'm, I mean, like McFlurries, I'm talking like sonic blasts. I'm not talking like protein shake. I mean, like, like how right. can I, how can I reward myself for suppressing my needs all this time to meet the needs of others? So here's kind of a task for twos draw a list and on one side list out all the things that you do for other people. And then on the opposite side, list all the things others should do for you and if at the end of the day you look and you're like wow they haven't done this stuff for me what's going to happen unconsciously is you're going to go and you're going to reward yourself for 
biting the bullet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. so th- just to be aware, that's the spot for twos when it comes um, to, to their health. Uh, so with the grain, how to, how to do this with the grain? How do you motivate a two to take care of themselves? Well, it basically comes down to this. Um, connect it to, do- to those that they love. Yeah. Connect it to those they love. They are so motivated to serve other people. And so make it about serving other people. You know, how, where, where would your family be if you were not around in 10 years because you're not taking care of yourself like that? And that sounds like a guilt trip. It's not a guilt. It's actually, it's motivating for them. Um, It's, it helps a two to recognize like I am needed and I am, people do desire me. I actually take care of myself so that I can be able to take care of others. So that's kind of with the grain and, I would say, you know, here's the against the grain practice. Um, prioritize it first. Yeah. Two is is uh, prone to wait around till the end of the day to take care of themselves. And that's when they end up rewarding themselves in some negative ways. This instead says, maybe you start your day by taking care of yourself. You start your yeah. day by, um, by working out. You start your day by doing uh, your meal prep or whatever it might be that's part of your process. Um, starting the day off, prioritizing it first. It's going to be against the grain of the two, but it's actually going to help the two. It's connected to serving others. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I just thought about with the two, uh, just a question I would ask you is how helpful would like – so like not just the workout partner, but like the right workout partner be to a two. Like let's say – Let's say a two, you know, has not been taking care of themselves physically and they want to really start doing that. And, um, you know, there's another workout partner uh, who is in the similar situation. You know, they're not somebody who's way ahead of them fitness wise, but maybe maybe that workout partner is struggling motivation wise, just like they are. And so if if they feel like that person is depending on them, you know, to, you know, to, to get to the gym or, or to be accountable with their food or whatever, would you say that that would be kind of a help for a, a two to partner up with somebody in a similar position? I think so. Actually, one of the things that the two might find themselves doing is is kind of being like the, the teacher's pet, you know, kind of like the, the, the captain for the coach. So like, yeah, the, yeah. the coach is saying this and now the two is going to cheerlead the other individual like it's actually going to get them inspired because they're not isolated in this what they really are looking for is connection and belonging so yeah that's that's a great idea cool cool all right let's go to the threes that's my favorite is the three (laughs) why is that brandon i don't know i don't know i kind of identify as that that's right (laughs) so um you know threes uh one of the th- so threes are are the performers. They're the achievers. They're driven by success. Driven by uh, they're goal oriented. And so, one of the things that happens when you're so stuck on uh, exceeding is and really it's productivity, right? They're they're just threes are notorious for multitasking. They're jumping from this to this to this, not in a way that doesn't get things done. It's actually in a way that gets lots of things done. <laughs> and so, yeah. what what'll happen is they'll eat on the run. And that's where they get in trouble. That's the trouble spot. They'll eat on the run where maybe they're not really mindful of food and, and what they're taking into their bodies. They're just kind of like, I got to food is fuel. Got to keep the machine going yeah, so I can get to the yeah. end of the day. And then I can sleep, except I'm not going to because I've got all this paperwork I got to do. Too. You <laughs> know what I mean? So, yeah. so the three, uh, especially uh, can be prone toward maybe taking in some foods that they're not conscious of. And then that becomes a problem for them because they're putting on extra weight because maybe they're doing fast food or just quick food, right? Just, yeah. What's a quick bar I can eat real, just kind of go through. Well, 
that's not mindful. And if you're not mindful of what you're putting into your body, you can get in some serious trouble. So yeah. that would be one trouble spot. Here's, here's how a, a three maybe could get motivated. Here's with the grain kind of motivation. Um, if you're a three, tell the world your goals fitness-wise. You know, post it on social media, get some friends in your life that mean something to you, like let them know what you're planning on doing because threes love to perform for the world. And so yeah. telling the world what you're going to do is going to actually put the pressure on you to accomplish those goals because yep. that shining in the eyes of your audience is, is going to keep you. But here's kind of an against the grain practice that I would recommend. And, and I say against the grain, kind of like a spiritual discipline. Like I think that um, you, know, you think spiritual disciplines, what did Jesus do? I want to do that too. Well, one of the things Jesus, you know, sometimes he, he ate with sinners. He, sometimes he went and prayed. Sometimes he uh, meditated on the scriptures. Like we see those spiritual disciplines, they form you into the likeness of Christ. I think sometimes we need to be willing to lay down our natural tendencies uh, because our will, our food should be the will of who sent us, not uh, my own desire. And I'm sorry for the little soapbox, but sometimes no, we look no. at Enneagram as like an example of, well, this is who I am. I got to operate within who I am. No, this is who you are down, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. lay it down for the sake of the cross lay it down for the sake of others that's what love looks like so this is where i would say a three can be against um yes with the grain is tell the world against the grain is don't tell the world <laughs> right so <laughs> yeah. what i mean is like sometimes you got to keep your accomplishments to yourself um instead of posting on social media every time you're doing your lifts it's awesome and it's this like maybe instead um only post the videos for a little while of your failures and that yeah. becomes a teach opportunity for others who are like oh man this guy is human too awesome because all i ever thought was he was a machine but like right. by keeping some of that to yourself it's actually a um again it's, it's a growth opportunity for the three because yeah. what the three will settle for is the action of other people but what they're really looking for is being valued and you can't get value from a like on facebook but you will get value from the one who sees you in your prayer closet. And so yeah. can that be a time of just doing it for the eyes of God, that being where your worth comes from? So, yeah, absolutely, man. And I can, you know, just obviously like as someone who has realized um, and, and as a three, I can kind of say a little bit. I mean, for me, uh, I think that um, as you kind of find your type, you know, I think you'll, you know, some people probably overthink it. Some people underthink it. I, I kind of overthought it and I kind of was like, okay, I, all the little tests say I'm a three and, and this shows I'm a three. But as I went through and as I, I, I kind of studied a little more and, and saw like, you know, people who put out graphics on Instagram or whatever, for like, <laughs> uh, you know, this is what, this is what a threes day probably looks like. Like it was just like checking the boxes on all, all counts. And so yeah. the, the fear of a failure is a, you know, the fear, the fear of a three is, is failure. And so like, I, I was just telling Peter before we started recording this, that I never like, I, I had never really thought that I, I, I actually feared failure before, but, but the more I, I began to think about things, the more I realized like, wow, you know, I actually do uh, fear failure. Uh, it's kind of a crippling fear, actually. I don't know, yeah. how this is, but uh, I think that, you know, it's helped me a lot kind of growing my relationship with the Lord, um, for instance, because I've, I've been able to kind of um, really, I've always tried to do this, but really since this, I've, I've had to, to really remind myself daily, like my worth, my worth is in Jesus. It's not in, you know, my accomplishments. And so 
I, I can I can play to my strengths and I can make my list and I can check the list off and not go to sleep until the list is, is checked off and all those kind of things. But when I when I realize like that's not where my actual value comes from, um, that's a big deal. And like yeah. for me, the the since I went you know fully self employed about a month ago, um, uh, I went you know the other way. You know for me like I, I, I'm doing so much and I'm working so many hours that like I I do tend to go to the quick foods. But because my goals are, are strength and and you know, adding muscle and, and staying relatively lean, I wind up like just crushing like a ton of protein and yeah. uh, not a whole lot else. Uh, ironically, I've lost like 10 pounds uh, <laughs> since I went self-employed, but I haven't really lost any muscle mass, just a little body fat, which is a good thing. Uh, it does hinder my strength goals a little, but I can mm. testify to the fact that that's, that's spot on, man. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So what about the four? Yeah, so fours, uh, you know, again, fours are the individualists, the, romant the romantics, they have that need to be uh, unique, uh, to be like no one else. And so their trouble spot is just the ordinariness of it. You know, working out, eating three square meals a day or whatever the, you know, whatever's billed as healthy today, right? Mm -hmm. Is it few yeah. meals? Is it lots of meals? Is it one meal? Whatever. The ordinariness of it is is really wearying for the four. And so yeah. that's going to be kind of a challenge for them. And so you, what I would do kind of with the grain for four is try to appeal to your senses, you know, appeal to yeah. the, um, okay. So foods, like, I don't know about you, but when I stop eating certain kinds of foods in particular, like sweets, mm -hmm start eating like vegetables and whole foods and all that kind of stuff something happens and my taste buds change and all of a sudden i appreciate all of that stuff so much more yeah. like i appreciate yeah. the taste of blueberries and i appreciate the taste of for me it's oftentimes fruit but it's not fruit only it's i mean you bite into a to a lettuce i don't know it's just somehow there's like yeah. there's a crunch there's a taste there's a force yeah. really <laughs> are are really sensual and they're really attuned to their senses and so i would i would try to draw upon that as a four. Um, same yeah. thing with working out. Like there is something incredible about being outside and the sun baking into your skin. I don't know what it is, yeah. but you, you just, you feel alive in those moments and, and yeah. the rain as it hits you or in the case of working out, like you start sweating, you feel the sweat on your brow and there's just something romantic about that and, and something. Yeah. So for the fours, you just kind of like savor those moments and and turn it into a story make it something creative um yeah and then against the grain so fours uh can have a hard time sometimes with um seeing what they have because they spend a lot of their time looking at what's missing like there's something that they're yearning for there's they're they're missing it and so the grain practice that i would offer to to fours is is a uh, practicing gratitude practicing gratitude and kind of identify what's there. <laughs> what do I yeah. have here in this food before me? Um, what do I have here in this opportunity, this, this 30 minute frame of time where I'm just going to be on my own. I'm listening to music and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know what it might be, but just pra practicing that gratitude can, uh, can yeah. really keep the, the four engaged and be that spiritual practice for them. Cool. Uh, cool. Fives. Um, yeah. five, uh, so trouble spot fives, fives are in, um, they're cerebral, right? So they're, they're very, very intellectual. Um, again, I mentioned Einstein, Bill Gates, 
some brainy guys. And so what fives will find themselves in trouble is kind of this mind over matter kind of a thing where some, some fives will describe that they feel like a brain in a glass that's just kind of held up by a body to think (laughs) of themselves as a body. And a lot of fives tend to be really skinny, tall individuals. And, um, but those that do experience issues with health, um, oftentimes that they're not just a mind they're more than a mind they they are a whole person and uh one of the things that helps get the five out of their heads is working out it's being grounded it's kind of being tethered back to the world and not just lost in in the theoretical um yeah so mind over matter would kind of look like uh those that do experience like overeating or not being aware of what they're eating, they'll be reading a book, they'll be watching something, they'll be taking in information and be munching on stuff because they're not yeah. thinking consciously of what they're doing with their bodies. They're just thinking of what they're taking into their minds. So just being aware. Um, so as far as with the grain, uh, I'd say um, think about stewardship. I think I mentioned this before, the fives have this kind of, uh, calculated sense of what they possess, their resources, their energy, their uh, time, their emotional capacity. They're, they're very measured in that. And so they want to be good stewards with the energy they have and the resources they have. So I would say connect it to that. Connect it to stewardship of your body. Connect it to, um, we know that a certain amount of time in your day. So we're going to budget this much time. And then, you know, you as a coach, Brandon, I would say if you're working with a five, don't let it go a minute over time. <laughs> don't let it yeah, go. Yep. Don't, let it, don't let it go 30 seconds over time because yep. it's all about no surprises. They want to know that they're budgeting this amount of time. They want to conserve that energy and utilize it where they've budgeted it. And then, yeah. and then lastly, so with a, sorry. Go ahead. Nope. So with a, with a five, you know, in addition to what you just said and not, you know, making sure that, you know, we don't run overtime and things are budgeted. Uh, well that they can plan for would you also say that like um kind of a more in-depth which i always try to do anyway but a pretty in-depth um explanation of hey this is this is why we're doing like this particular exercise don't just don't just do it because i'm the coach and i said so but do it because like this is going to be you know this is going to be the most efficient use of your time for this reason like would that that be appealing to them oh yeah because i mean here's the thing even if you don't give the answer why they're going to ask for it yeah yeah. So that's just being proactive. They they want all the right. information. Um, right. The world's and a dangerous the place, four. and information helps. Yep. Go ahead. Gotcha. Sorry, man. And then I I didn't ask this on the four, but so I don't want to I don't want to glaze over it. So with yeah. the four, one, one step you gave was you know practice gratitude. So so for me as a coach, would a good thing to do be to kind of like help them to sort of sort of celebrate their victories? You know, like yes. don't don't glaze over the fact that like you just you know, lifted a new weight or, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of the scale, but, you know, maybe you hit a, hit a goal on the scale or, or you, you noticed, you know, you need to, to, to go down a belt loop or whatever, like not letting them kind of glaze over that, but kind of, kind of like celebrate that and kind of romanticize it a little bit. Would that be kind of a, a good thing to do for a four? I, I would absolutely say so. Yeah. Unfortunately, okay. uh, fours, fours will kind of downplay the, those kinds of things. Uh, taking a moment, but, but really what they want is to be special. And so yeah. help them to see that, uh, help them to see yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Thanks man. Sorry. You yeah. can move on. No, it's uh, hard for no I was going to say, so I mean, here's a good opportunity. Fives uh, against the grain, have a fitness coach, <laughs> you know, uh, fives, <laughs> fives be uh, kind of alone. 
usually, but um, the expertise, they, they are drawn to experts in their arenas. Yeah. So having a guy that you trust, that you know, uh, like Brandon, Brandon, uh, contact yeah <laughs> yeah there's, two there's five one six. <laughs> that's that's right that's right um that's going to be a help for fives uh, six, yeah um anything else on that before we move nope. past that nope. cool um sixes are the loyalists or the skeptics uh devil's advocate sometimes they there's this kind of trust distrust ambivalence uh or rather a spectrum um and what six is, again, they want that security. They want what they know because the unknown is, is a fearful place. And so what will happen is sixes will get kind of anxious and they'll get concerned and they'll start preparing for this and for that. And what if this happens and what if that happens? And so food then, here's a trouble spot. Food becomes a source of comfort because yeah. you can always count on food being for you what it has been for you. And uh, right. that, that can be a good thing in some ways, but it can also be troubling, especially if um, it's lending itself towards some negative eating habits. And so what I would recommend as far as with the grain of your personality is to join a group, like have accountability. If you're trying to, uh, you know, get more active, whatever it might be, like being a part of uh, some kind of accountability group is going to be a help so that you have a group because sixes are, you know, if you think in terms of the herd, they're thinking of the herd, they're thinking of the group, they're thinking of the team that they're with and part of that group. And so those kinds of things will be helpful. So I I know you, uh, you do some uh, fitness coaching for groups at times too, not just individuals, right? Yes. Yeah, I do. Exactly. So like that would be one of those things that would be, I think, really helpful and appealing to a six because then they're not isolated in it to be part of something with, with right. a whole. Um, gotcha. and, and then, you know, as far as against the grain goes, like this is going the con. So sixes, if they fear the unknown, then any kind of change can be kind of troubling, uh, especially if it's too quick or abrupt. But I think as a coach, if you're helping them to see, look, we're trying to establish new trends, right? This is not yeah. just like, we're going to do this thing and then we're going to change it tomorrow. And then we're going to change. No, you're trying to establish routines that are going to be things that they can sink their teeth into and root themselves in. And they can be like, this is their thing. And every day they get up at the same time and every day at the same time. And, and it's a part of a group, like all of that kind of helps to dispel some of the fear aspect of it, of the new. Well, no, it's actually, this is like, this is my discipline, you know, and yeah. that can be a, yeah. a good thing for six. Cool. Cool. Would you say for a six, like um, maybe, you know, since even though even though they they appreciate and will thrive in a group, maybe like it's it's a little bit more of a struggle for them to buy into it or to like gain the trust, like to to trust to put their trust in that group or that coach or that workout partner or whatever it is. So like maybe seeing like the experiences of others, whether that's, that's like testimonials or whether that's them like getting kind of a free pass to see what it's like first. Would you say something like that is kind of helpful for a, for a six? That's a great idea. Yeah, it definitely gives you an opportunity to uh, – it gives the six, rather, an opportunity to know, is this trusted? And that's why right. reviews are huge. Yeah, they really, really yeah. are. Um, yeah. And I don't know about you, but I think sometimes negative reviews are one of the best things because it lets people know, like, oh, this person is really upset with this guy and it's not merited. Or, right. no, there's actually maybe some merit to that. Let me pay attention. And I, I, I don't Sometimes I look for the negative reviews, not the positive ones, personally, because yeah. I like—I I feel like it tells me everything I need to know about the individual. 
you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to uh, write me a negative review after this. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Sevens. Sevens, again, the enthusiasts, the generalists. Uh, sevens deal with boredom. They hate being trapped. And so that's going to be a problem for them. The trouble spot for them is that sense yeah. of I'm bored, so I'm going to eat. I'm bored, so I'm going to stop this routine. I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. That's going to be a pretty anthem for them. So kind of to, to help in terms of making a change, I would say capitalize on the inspiration of the seven when it strikes. Because yeah. sevens, like, like no one else, when they are bent on a new idea, you can't stop them. And yeah. they are just like for three weeks, for three months, for three years, whatever the thing is, sometimes the duration is different, but they are just that flash in the pan. And when that flash in the pan excitement, hit, excitement hits, then you need to capitalize on it. So yeah. if you're a seven and you're listening and you're like, I think I should work out, do it. <laughs> just, just get into the rhythm. But here's the thing. Yeah. Eventually boredom's going to hit again because yeah. the allure of new doesn't stay forever. The honeymoon stage goes away and um, pardon the pun, but as a seven, I peter out a lot. And so <laughs> I, uh, I know that full well. And one of the things that's against the grain that I really, really need that my wife helps me to kind of remember is like, okay, Peter, I hard and I know that you're bored, but you need to do the hard thing and you need to stick with it. And those yeah. would be my words to any seven as well. Uh, yeah. When the inspiration, like keep doing the hard thing and keep sticking with it. And sometimes that's because you can connect it to people. Like sevens yeah. are, are really phenomenal networkers. They, uh, they get to know just about everybody in any circle they go into. They're going to be your promoters, honestly. I mean, you'll have a bunch of them, yeah. I'm sure. But sevens will be the ones writing you the five-star or the seven-star reviews and a five-star <laughs> review possibility. Like, they're the ones yeah. over the top, just, Brandon's the best and all this kind yeah. of stuff. And, um, but, yeah, connected to people with that. Cool. Know. Cool. Yeah, and, and one thing we had, we had talked about before, you know, as the seven would be, you know, something like, you know, something like you having a workout program that is maybe it's not necessarily like you have you have a certain amount of days. Like, let's say you want to do let's say you want to work out three days a week, but maybe they don't have to be like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for instance. Maybe they sure. can just be, hey, within this time frame, you know, within seven days, I'm going to get the three three workouts a week. And so one day if you're you're having a board day. You know, uh, would you say that, that that that's a good kind of a good idea or, or does the period of boredom and excitement kind of last longer than that? Yeah, personally for me, I mean, that sounds good. Like if I'm because yeah, if I'm bored, what am I going to do? Well, I know I have this routine I can do. I can always do that and that'll fill some time. That's yeah. honestly, that'd be a good reflex for any seven to pick up on um, cool. rather than binging on something else. And I would say for me, discipline wise, one of the things that's been really helpful is uh, to think in terms of worst first Think in terms of uh, if the thing I don't want to do, instead of avoiding it, I'm just going to do it because yeah. then I can get it over with and then I can move on. So here's the thing. I mean, even if, you know, working out 20 minutes a day might be like, isn't the thing I love doing, at least I'm going to get it done. Right. And then I can yeah. move on. Once I get this thing done, it's done and I can move past it. And then I can do all the things I really wanted to do. I do this with my, with my son, you know, he's, he's four years old. And if I know that there's some, 
to do. I'm just like, all right, here, listen up. We're going to do this thing. And it stinks, but guess what we get to do after? You are free after this to do whatever you want. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. Then we go pick <laughs> up the thing. <laughs> that's all it is. And then we go do yeah. the thing. Then we go clean up, do the chores. Like worst first is a, a helpful paradigm for sevens who usually awesome. will jump from thing to thing to thing in life. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, eights. Eights the challenger, right? So uh, they're one of the trouble spots for them is they really, really don't like being put in a place where they're weak or vulnerable. And uh, starting anything new, like a workout routine or new fitness habits of any kind, it's just going to be hard for them because they're going to be put in a spot of, you know, uh, not being uh, not yeah. being in control. They're going to be vulnerable. They're going to have to rely on your expertise. And, and so what I would kind of help a, an eight to do is to appeal to power. And what I mean by that is help them to recognize that by doing this and by, um, you know, by working out by all of this, like you're actually going to be gaining strength and that's going to be something good for you. Like you're, you're going to have autonomy. You're going to have, you're going to have control over your eating as opposed to being controlled by your eating. Cause eights hate being in, being controlled. Uh, they want to be in control. Yeah. And yet how often are we really slaves to the things that they should be enslaved to us? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's going to help for the eight connecting it to that, but the unhelpful or rather the against the grain part is they need to ask for help. Um, so eights ask for help, uh, whether it's hiring a fitness coach or it's being a part of a group, like put yourself in that position. Cause that's going to, again, be Superman. They want to be superwoman. Yeah. They don't want to be put in a spot where they're not the one who's saving the day, but it's help. It's going to be a help for them if they can um, kind of swallow their pride for a little bit so that they can uh, care of those things. And um, I guess just working yeah. with an eight, be aware. Eights are very strong and they want to be strong and sometimes can be a bit combative and loud with that need mm -hmm. to be against things. And so yeah. there may be times that if you're working with an eight and you tell them, here's what you got to do. And they're like, no, <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> no. And you're like, well, Okay, well, here's the thing. You asked for my help, and so you have a choice. Either you do this thing or you don't, but you decide if you want my help or not. Like, it's, you have to basically yeah. match their level of intensity, and you'll right. find that they'll actually back down. Um, but if you back down and you say, oh, well, okay, thing, but let's do this instead, all of a sudden they've determined, like, oh, you're not someone I need to pay attention to. You're not right. someone that, I, that, uh, that has an opinion worth uh, listening to right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really helpful to me because I, you know, as a, as a coach, sometimes like I, I definitely try to take a more compassionate, um, you know, like approach rather than like a, you know, drill sergeant, you know, kind right. of approach. And so like, it's helpful to me to, to think that way so that, you know, there are, and I do know that there are times and there are times that I do this, but, but it's helpful, me, helpful to me to think like, if I think somebody, you know, is a, is a type eight or something like that, I'm going to, I'm going to know, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to push them, push back a little harder on them than I typically would. And so, um, so for an eight, I guess an important thing to do would be, um, you know, as they're getting started, let's say they're, let's say they're, you know, they're struggling to get the form right on the squat or they're, you know, they're really having a hard time, like understanding right off the bat, how, 
you know, to how to get more protein in their diet or whatever. So like helping, helping them to kind of stay focused on like, this is why it's important. This is kind of the, the power you're going to have over this. Once you get this, you know, right. kind of helping them stay focused on that through the, through the beginning stages where they feel like they don't know what they're doing, just kind of keeping them safe, keeping them focused would be a big thing. I think so. And really just, yeah. uh, they, they can be very, very goal oriented, just like the three. And yeah. again, showing how it connects to that. Um, Cause again, they, they ultimately innate wants to be in charge. They want to be in control. Uh, and I don't necessarily mean that in the negative sense. I mean, sure. Anything right. can be negative, but I mean, think about it. Eights are willing to take on themselves the burden of leadership, and that is a heavy burden. But eights yeah. are willing to do it because they know somebody has to stick up for guy, and so they will. Yeah. But if they themselves can't uh, you know, manage some of these other areas of their life, then they're not going to be around to be Superman for, for the individual who needs a Superman. And so – Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Nines, let's wrap it up. So uh, nines, the peacemaker, they – Here's a trouble spot. So for them, food or alcohol or whatever substance um, can become numbing for them. It's, it's a way that they numb the pain. And they numb the pain uh, by, by making, uh, numbing like the anger that they feel or the, that they feel internally. So nines, you know, they sleep to their own desire. So they're awakened to the desires of others so they can make peace, so they can be in harmony, all this kind of stuff. But I mean, one story I shared this uh, before with you um, before the phone call, before this call, you know, uh, one of the things that nines will do is they will, um, well, here, so a friend of mine who's a nine, his daughter and his wife would get into an argument and subconsciously he would go over to the pantry and he would grab a sleeve of Oreos and just down the whole thing in the process, not even aware. This is before he knew about the Enneagram. And then he discovered that he was a nine and he was going back through his life. And he's like, Oh my goodness, I am caught up in, I hate conflict so much that I would try to numb the pain when my family was fighting. And it was just this like realization for him. And that's, that's a place where um, minds can find themselves. And along with that is kind of this inertia. It's, it's um, inertia, like what stopped won't start and what start started rolling won't stop kind of a thing. And so nines yeah. kind of need a little help to get the ball in a sense, outside influence, internal, it's hard to get it started. But the thing is, once you get the ball rolling, uh, stopping it is near impossible. <laughs> they are yeah. just like, it's just a barrel down, ready to go. And so I would say, you know, for, Going with the grain of the nine, uh, start with a little win each day. You know, maybe something that they can yeah. do in the first 15 minutes of the day, uh, whether it's one kind. So instead of giving them like a, you know, six part workout routine, give them one. <laughs> give yeah, them one yeah. that they can do well and own within the first 15 minutes. And that's going to energize them through the rest of their day to keep moving forward. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then lastly, uh, the against the grain piece. Uh, I would say focus. So nines can sometimes lose their focus because they're so mindful of everything all at once. They want to see the whole picture. Um, I've heard it said threes vision is kind of like a laser. That's their focus is like a laser. Mm -hmm. They just like penetrate one thing at a time. Um, A sevens focus is more like a strobe light. (laughs) It's just like bouncing (laughs) from thing to thing to thing. But a nine is like a flood lamp. They want to yeah. see all of it illuminated at once and just have that clarity of all things existing in all ways and all times. And so the nine needs to do though is focus on just one thing. Focus on if they're eating, just eat. 
And if they're working out, just work out. So one thing I've seen nines do at the, you know, they're, they're going to do some benching or whatever. And they, they go and they sit down and they get it started. And then they are about to post on social media and then they plug in their earbuds and then they're listening to music and like 15 <laughs> minutes has passed. And the poor three is sitting on the side looking like, come on, man, get done with the rack. So I can do like, yep. like, so, so kind of prioritize, focus on the one thing at a time. When you eat, you eat. When you work out, you work out. When you run, you run. And that's just being it. And those can be some against the grain practices that will help for the nine. Yep. Yep. And, and one thing I would say with that, because I've already implemented that kind of with the nine, is that you don't want to, like, I would just say um, you might – correct me if I'm wrong here, Peter, but like, if you're, if you might compare yourself or think like, oh man, like why, why would I only, you know, uh, one pitfall I could see would be like, oh, I'm only going to do one exercise today. You know, like uh, comparing that to, you know, what somebody else would do and be like, you know, why it it just almost feel like it's not as, you know, it's not worthy or of my time to just go in there and do this one or, you know, this one exercise or focus on this one food step or do something that's going to take me 15 minutes when other people do this for an hour and a half or whatever. I would say don't fall into that because, you know, some doing this, you're going to see a lot more progress than if you just kind of stay stuck and paralyzed, you know? So, I mean, would you say that that's something that they kind of may run into? Like kind of comparison? Yeah. I mean, you know, the fable slow and steady wins the race, right? Yeah. Um, I was just reminded of a story recently too individuals uh were taking different sled dogs sled you know sled teams different paths and one was going to do it uh a consistent you know two hour stretch each day the other or basically i'll stretch each day and the other was going to do it basically on good days they'd go here and on bad days they'd brave the weather by just staying still and uh the one that consistently did the two miles each day is the one that made it to the end and the ones that didn't who just stopped and went 13 miles on a good day and zero miles on a bad day, they ended up dying. So yeah. there's the story, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Man, wow. Okay, that's a good example. I, I think uh, – so uh, we've gone through the nine and we've kind of wrapped it up, wrapped up um, kind of like how, how you know, some, some pros and cons of each and, and how to attack things. But, um, like, if somebody is hearing about the Enneagram for the first time or they've heard of it but have never been able to, like, type themselves – what advice would you give to somebody who's trying to figure out, like, uh, what type am I? Man, um, I would say, so th- there's a couple of basic ways to start. So there's a, a book by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile called The Road Back to You. That's a really nice pr- uh, primer, just kind of get you immersed in it, but it doesn't get super deep. Be a, another book, if you're interested, would be The Sacred Enneagram by Chris Hewitts. Um, he's going to go a little bit deeper, give you some more of the history of the Enneagram, and then also give you uh, some really interesting like practices, contemplative practices that help you according to your type um, of, of prayer and so forth. And then uh, a third book that you could consider is Beatrice Chestnut's book. It's like PhD level kind of a thing where she breaks down the nine types into 27 types and she teases out what each one looks like according to their subtype and it's all this crazy oh, i mean wow. you can get as deep as you want in this and the internet is even crazier i would start yeah. if you're going to start if you want to get a basic understanding um enneagraminstitute.com or enneagramcentral.com uh, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M central or institute.com will give you just kind of a good at a glance kind of a thing of each one. And as far as typing yourself, I, my, my word would just be the best test is always time. And you yeah. want to look at 
not the behaviors, but the motivations of the behaviors. So like even going through all nine types, you probably heard parts where it's like this relates and this relates. I mean, for me, I see bits of seven, I see bits of four, I see bits of one, bits of two, bits of, I can see lots of various places, yeah, but, yeah. but in the end, the motivation of the seven where they have that fear of being trapped and that fear of missing yeah. out and that fear of, I'm like, oh man, that describes me to a T. Like yep. I can't even, now sure, my behavior may not look like every other seven in the world, but can I at least acknowledge that this is the trap that I have? Yeah. This is the personality, uh, that, that kind of motivation underneath that drives it. So I, I think of it as instead of the Enneagram trying to put you in a box and explain your behaviors, how about identify it as, no, the Enneagram is trying to identify which box you've been stuck in so that you can get out that's yeah. really it which is why <laughs> yeah. which is why I, I was even mentioning the against the grain stuff because again like you are not your you are not a number you are an individual person made in the image and likeness of god redeemed by the blood of jesus christ like you are more than a number um, the number is just one of nine ways that you cope with the difficulties and disappointments of the world but your personality your true essence as you as one authentically made in the image of god is actually underneath all of that awesome man and i can i don't know if i told you this but um when you said that to me originally you said like the best test is time as a three like i was not okay <laughs> with that i was like i need to i need to know what it is and check it off my list all right so like right. I, I wound up spending probably like over the next like 24 hours, I probably spent like 12 of them um, reading and studying the Enneagram until I felt pretty confident I knew what my type was. <laughs> and then shortly yeah. after that, I was like, okay, uh, like after that, it was just kind of confirmation that I was right. But uh, like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. That's hilarious. So, you know, okay, so take a test, read up, you know, one of the different types, you know, and, and, and then kind of, you know, just kind of. And get some opinions from the people yeah. around you. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's going to help a lot too. Cause yeah, people sometimes see our blind. It's hard to see your own blind spots. That's what the Enneagram tries to see. Like, what are your blind spots? You know, as a three, a blind spot might be um, the feelings of other people because you're thinking yep, through the lens, right? Yeah. What you focus on uh, reveals what you miss in a sense. Yeah. And um, it is. And so sometimes you need the opinion of like your wife or your family, yeah. or maybe those in close relationship with you be like, Hey, I don't know if you noticed this, but, I never really feel cared for when I'm around you. Like you don't, yeah. you don't really like, cause feelings aren't productive, right? They're not at least it's the lie that we believe. And so right, that's one right. of those like, Oh man, I didn't think about that before. Well, yeah, that yeah. might be a blind and spot. I think for me, the blind spot is very much like there is some of that for sure. Like there are definitely times where I'm insensitive to, to what's going on with someone else's emotions. But I think I've grown a lot in that a bigger struggle for me personally, and I'm not going to go into this too much, uh, but like turn into a counseling session here, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for me, like a bigger issue with is like my own emotions. I forget to like yes. feel my own emotions. I'm just so it's like, yeah, like you said, it's not productive. Uh, I don't have time to sit here and like be sad about this. I got stuff to do, you know, so I just move on and deal with it. Probably 10 years later, I'm going to have some huge meltdown, but we'll find out. But, yeah, no, man, uh, but well, I'll, I'll be there for you then. Don't worry. Thanks. Yes. So there was a book you wanted to mention, right, that you haven't mentioned yet? Yeah. So some of the stuff that I got help from uh, in terms of coming up with the with the grain against the grain, that was language that I've used. But some of those terms uh, came actually from a book I, I recently 
uh, read by a guy named Clarence Thompson and Shad Smith. Both of them are actually friends of mine here in the Kansas City area. And um, they wrote a book called You're Fat, Your Fault? Question mark, right? And, uh, Question mark is important. Yeah. Very important because <laughs> yeah. they're making the case that no, it's not. And yeah. uh, um, no, it's not your fault. And one of the things that they do is they go through the Enneagram and they actually write about stories of each type and then some uh, – potential problem areas, as well as some strategies to, to grow, in particular in the realm of, of um, diet and eating, but some, yeah. some to do with uh, overall fitness as well. And I mean, it's a super helpful book, about 12 or 13 bucks. I think you can find it on the EnneagramCentral.com website. Cool. cool. Well, is there anything else, um, you know, uh, wrapping up here, is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you would want like, to, to share with everybody? I mean, you you can give them my email. My email is uh, Peter at the church in Waldo dot org. And you so really yeah, went Peter, there. I yeah, I did, man. Peter at the church <laughs> in Waldo dot org. And uh, really, I mean, if people are interested in hearing more about this, hearing more about um, how the Enneagram can be a help. Because I mean, we just talked about fitness, but yeah. I mean, I've used the Enneagram in counseling. I've used the Enneagram in discipleship. I've used yeah. it in preaching as a way of just being aware of like, wow, the, how do we speak to the motivations of the heart and not just the surface level behavior? So we can actually show how each of these fears of the nine types, uh, the fear is what's plaguing us. And we need to see the love of Christ come in and dispel that fear so that real motivation and real love can be what compels us to move forward in life. So ways that I can help, I'm, I'm happy to support. Thanks, man. And just just to kind of just as a final thing to sign off here, I would just add, like, if you've listened to this and you're, you know, obviously, if you've made it this far, you're pretty interested in it. Uh, or you just <laughs> like either Peter, Peter or myself or something. But like, uh, I would just say, like, I am a I'm a natural skeptic. Like, I, I want to I'm not skeptical just for its own sake, but I'm skeptical because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm using my time well and I'm focusing on, you know, I want to I, I want to focus on things that are actually going to make a difference and matter. And so I've done a lot of these, you know, personality tests and, and different things like that. And, and usually I find that like, I may fit into one of the boxes, like on a broad, you know, kind of a broad, uh, broad way that, that applies and helps me in, in some ways. Um, but I have never encountered anything like the Enneagram. Like when he first introduced uh, this to me, I was a little skeptical and I was like, okay, you know, another personality test, maybe they uh, do this. <laughs> But as I started digging into it and talking with Peter and, uh, you know, kind of learning about it myself, um, and I'm still, I still have, I've barely, you know, kind of like a tip of the iceberg knowledge wise, really just about my own type uh, so far. But like, <clears throat> I, this is, it's not the same as, as a lot of the ones you've tried before. You know, this isn't like a Facebook, um, you know, it's not your like grandma's with, personality test. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're not trying to figure out like your <laughs> Harry Potter house here. Like, we're, we're talking about, you know, this, this stuff can really help. And, you know, like, I love, I love that you added, you know, you're not a number, like it's to help you to, to learn how to, to manage things. It's not that, oh, you're, you know, it's not like, oh, you're a, I'm a three, like, that's what I am. No, like, it, it's a tool, you know, use it, you use it as a tool. So I mean, that I really appreciate it, Peter, for you taking the time to just kind of explain and I, I've learned a ton, man. I really appreciate it. No, you bet. Thanks a lot. All right, man. See you in 30 seconds. All right. <laughs> Bye.